Woo! It's fired up Thursdays uh, on a Friday. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I got my boy D Marino here filling in for the great Blaine Bartlett, who's on a plane going to visit his kids for Christmas. But nice. most importantly, I'm so excited. We have Ryan DeLuca. He's more. He's more. Uh, than just an entrepreneur. I consider him a friend. Uh, and I believe in coincidences, but I was speaking in Boise, Idaho, of all places, at the Entrepreneur Week. And uh, Mike Allen, the president of my company, said, Dave, you got to come and meet this guy. He's an extraordinary entrepreneur. You know, he's already had a huge exit, and now he has this new company called Black Box VR. And my initial thing is like, oh, great. I get to, you know, spend my time in Boise with another entrepreneur who has some VR thing. Well, you know, thank goodness Ryan talked me into trying out the black box VR because you look at it and it looks like a, a changing room, you know, and there's a couple of handles hanging out or whatever. And a screen. I'm like, I don't want to put on an Oculus. I don't want to do this. And Brian is so positive. Uh, Ryan is so positive. And he has a history, though. So his credibility was through the roof, which is why I went. But I, I will tell you, out of all the hundreds of companies that I've seen in the last year, this year, 2000, and, and there has been hundreds, nothing has blown me away more than the credibility of the entrepreneur with the actual solution. Like some of the guys go off all credibility. I thought Alex Machinsky at Celsius Network, you know, three three unicorns, billionaire. Like I thought he could not be topped until I met Ryan and I put on the black box VR system. By the way, identical strength and endurance to Mike Allen, who's only 28 years old now, 53 years old. I brought it with the right. I brought it with the left. It was amazing. Anyway, I had to get that intro because Black Box VR is my bet for 2022. You're going to see it everywhere. Uh, we're going on the road. I'm joining Ryan's team, whatever I can do. Dave Marino is going to help us out. Ryan, welcome to Office Hours. Well, thank you. That's quite an introduction. <laughs> I had to I had to get my excitement out. Um, so, you know, you, you end up with, you know, a very large exit in the, in the, the bodybuilding space. And in order to get there, you had to go all in despite family and friends telling you you're nuts. Uh, and then you, I think, even end up hiring your father after he told you you were nuts to do it. Uh, but right. you founded Bodybuilding in 1990, bodybuilding.com in 1999. Uh, and it was definitely not in uh, the trend at the time. You know, what is it about your mindset that says, I don't care what anybody else thinks, I'm going to build this company? Oh, that's a great question. I think I, I do think there is some part of that that you're born with, but I'm super excited uh, to, you know, always looked at new technology. And so, you know, back in high school, I got into fitness. Some people get more into sports. I was reading the muscle magazines and all excited about, uh, you know, bodybuilding and working out. And when this internet thing came out and I could actually talk to other people, like, you know, through these little mailing lists and these message boards, like it just kind of blew me away. And so I basically dedicated my whole life to using this new technology to create ways to help people to get into shape. And uh, it's basically been 17 years, you know, building bodymillion.com. And like you said, had a, had a big exit to Liberty Media in 2015. And, you know, two-time Inc. 500 company became a half a billion dollar revenue company. And uh, just a, a blast with just so many amazing team members. You know, we grew to 800 team members with locations around the world. And you, know, you wouldn't think of that from a little, you know, bodybuilding company in a garage in Boise, Idaho. But, uh, you know, with this team, we were able to do it. 
Ryan, all of that is uh, uber, uber interesting. And when you think of virtual reality and gaming and, and tech, you don't necessarily always think of being super, super active. Um, and when I first started to see the, the VR headsets and the fight night games come out and everybody boxing, I, I could see kind of the writing on the wall that this was going to be a wave of the future. What has been your biggest challenge so far and how have you addressed it? Well, first of all, I totally agree with you. Like, you know, people put on a VR headset for the first time, like one of the newer ones, not one of the older ones with like the phones and stuff. The first thing they do is they go in there and they start playing a game and having a fun. And they almost always come out a little bit sweaty. Like I was just active. I was doing a sport playing this video game and they kind of get this realization that I just got a workout, uh, which is something they don't expect. Cause you know, you think, like you said, video games and technology, it's, it's uh, the opposite. You know, like you, when you think of somebody that plays a lot of video games, you don't think ripped athlete, <laughs> you know, uh, but <laughs> the biggest challenge is, is kind of that actually is that when we tell people about black box vr they don't understand it they can't comprehend the idea that a video game can actually be like a crossfit style effective workout and so you know we had to build a lot of technology because it was very similar to like bodybuilding.com in the beginning you know there weren't shopping carts you know like and nowadays you could accept credit card have a shopping cart by the end of this video <laughs> meeting but back then you had to like create it all from scratch nobody really had the idea of that of how you could even add to card and search sites and all that and everybody nobody want to put their credit card on cyberspace so it's kind of the same thing with like vr people are like oh what is that that's that weird thing that they just don't understand and so our biggest challenge really does come down to awareness and helping people to get it and like dave said he came in uh with low expectations which i totally understand <laughs> you know when it comes to like the actual uh equipment and all that and it's almost the exact same thing everybody says they go in they take the headset off they're like holy cow they're sore the next day i mean we put some hardcore bodybuilders through here and athletes and we just beat them up you know because it's the competitive mode of a video game but you're using your body and actually getting a great workout yeah there's six things you know i can see that carried over uh into this uh company and beyond the credibility of the entrepreneur i always bet on the jockey so even if this company sucked i probably still would invest and still be a part of it uh because of you you'd figure out a way to make it work uh but that's why my low expectations were there i'm like all right this is early you know you sunk in millions of dollars of your own money so i know you're you're, you're one of the best entrepreneurs to invest in but here's the things one fitness improves lives right your your first business that was your passion now, two, you really helped me because you created my philosophy here, uh, which you said was the secret sauce of the business. I call it coherence because adherence is two different things. Coherence is more one of remembering to do it and doing it, right? You know, even if you just want to say thank you, I got a 14-day gratitude challenge because people can't remember to say thank you and they don't say thank you. And we got to, to have adherence or coherence as a secret sauce. Three customer success is essential you know and, and you've built a system that gives better results now the interesting one that's different in this business than your last video games are addictive i want you to talk about how you utilized the negative of most parents experience with video games into you know a system where it's probably the greatest way to use an addictive uh, game? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, at bodybuilding.com, we always said our biggest competitor was not GNC and it was not, uh, you know, even Amazon, it was the couch. 
you know, uh, we lost most <laughs> of our customers to the couch, you know, and we're coming up on January and we all know, right? Like January 2nd, everybody's going to be in the gym. It's going to be packed. All the machines are going to be being used. But the joke is just wait, you know, the new year's resolution areas, they'll all be gone in two weeks and it'll be back to empty again. And it's kind of a sad state when you think about it. Almost nobody actually gets results from the fitness industry. Almost nobody that we all know, right? Like get into great shape and stay in great shape. You know, there's certain people that do, but vast majority do not. And so we kind of realized that at Body Mountain Common, that's why we built so many tools around, you know, content and uh, systems of belief and gamification and, and community tools and all these things. Uh, but when we saw virtual reality, uh, we kind of realized that if you could put it together with a video game, like video games are the most addictive non-drug, right? Like you can understand how a drug is addictive, but video game designers have figured out how to use pixels and lights and sounds to make you addicted to an experience, to where you sacrifice other things you're doing. You sacrifice your health, you sacrifice family, work. We all know that feeling of you're playing a game and you're going to go to bed in, in 30 minutes, just one more round, and then three hours goes by and, and you're dead you know, the next day. In <laughs> fact, there's divorce petitions in the UK. Uh, there's a big percentage of them that actually mention video games and Fortnite addiction. You know, they just, they just couldn't handle it. So we realized, like, man, fitness is a habit you want to create because you get the results from it, but it's a hard habit to create because you have to sacrifice time. It's painful. It's boring. It's repetitive. You have to do it over and over and over every week for the rest of your life and you don't see immediate results you know it'd be great if you went and did a quick set of uh, sit-ups and you just your six-pack just started coming out right then but it's the exact opposite and with video games you get that immediate reward right you have the autonomy you have the ability to create these things you improve your skills and you're getting like huge rewards you're getting points you're getting a leaderboard that's competitive there's you know uh, very exciting things happening so we said if you could actually take that video game habit that people wish that you could to could reduce and turn it into your fitness habit like how amazing could that be and so that was basically the idea and seeing our members it's been amazing like people that have never been able to stick to a workout program before on like a, working out three times four times per week for years now and uh, just cannot stop going which is uh, really fun to see yeah it's great because yeah with, with gamification human, humans are competitive by nature and just like you saying dave has you know two great questions so far and i'm giving him two checks uh, it's my buddy, but I love to compete with him. I want to beat him in everything. And it's kind of like, you know, like with Peloton, I'm looking on Instagram Dave, today. Dave, everybody... you got me beat in height. You got me beat in height. So <laughs> Dave, yeah, you, got, you got me beat in vacation right now. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> but uh, it's just like I'm on Instagram today and all these folks are posting their, their Peloton highlights, not because they, they, they want to, but they're basically humble bragging to everybody. Look how much, you know, hours I've rode or, or whatever the case may be. So I, I, I get it. And it reminds me of, Every holiday for the last three years, my five-year-old niece comes over and she says, Theo David, put the dance game on. And we're playing Just Dance on the uh, Xbox uh, Connect. And every time I'm tired. Um, so I, I love the concept. I think it, it can, you know, reaches everyone. I want to go back to sort of the earlier beginnings for a minute, because as Dave says, and as I, I truly believe in, attention plus intention equals coincidence. And clearly uh, you had a, a big vision um, just thinking about, you know, wanting to get fit in the early days of the internet. Where else would you go but bodybuilding.com? Talk to us a little bit about what was the thought process behind there, you know, knowing to get a URL that will obviously get a bunch of traffic, even if you're not marketing and then how you leverage that to, you know, build a company. Sure. Yeah. So, you know, early days in uh, e-commerce, uh, you know, we just were creating little websites and I was just doing it at, like in high school, basically, and started selling creatine on the side. It's like this new thing, you know, creatine was, was brand new back then and nobody you know, knew what it was. You could buy it for like $120 at GNC. So I was like, hey, if I could buy this at wholesale, 
use some like search engine uh, marketing techniques and affiliate marketing, like it could be pretty big. And it started growing really quickly. And then that's what I was like, hey, I want to expand this and saw that the name bodyline.com was not being used. Somebody owned it, but they weren't using it. So I kept reaching back out over like a year and saying, hey, sell this to me. And they finally like, all right, how much? Finally, they said, all right, $20,000 at yours. And I remember I just ran around the house like I just got called down the prices, right? <laughs> you know, I was like, sweet. <laughs> and then, and then, like David mentioned earlier, then my dad yelled at me, like, why did you spend that much money on a name? <laughs> you know, that doesn't make any sense. Um, and it really did come down to, you know, this opportunity to be at the beginning of something and use that passion. And sometimes entrepreneurs say, you know, don't build the product for yourself because you may not be like everybody else that's that may be your customer but i built bodyline.com for exactly what i wanted like i knew the feeling of being that skinny kid 14 years old at the gym being intimidated by working out and wanting to ask that big guy over there on the bench press like some tips but just not being able to so we created forums and, and tools to make it so people can talk to others and, and take away that intimidation we get content and videos that made it so you could understand how to work out and not feel that intimidation and, and feel confident in yourself and just continue like you know we wanted to buy i wanted to buy products like supplements and i didn't want to get ripped off and i didn't want a salesperson to sell me whatever they're getting a commission on i wanted the truth and nowadays it's so obvious like you know reviews and being able to have a big selection but in the early days of the internet that just wasn't a thing in fact first time we started doing reviews some of our vendors were very angry that we allowed negative reviews <laughs> you know and it's like well no <laughs> if we allow negative reviews it's going to be a lot more powerful for people so uh basically just yeah it came down to I was unbelievably passionate about helping people get in shape. I built a company that I would have wanted built and I would have wanted to use. And that's what drove me because everybody says, right, like there are going to be hard days and, and, you know, blood, sweat and tears. And if you don't love what you're doing and passionate about that, there's a bigger purpose that we're actually helping people and people would come to us and, you know, the fitness industry is great. That people come to you and say, hey, take my money. And then they come to you and say, thank you. You changed my life. Like it's this perfect mix of almost charity plus uh, uh, being able to build a profitable business. Yeah, and, and lastly, you know, before I let you go, I know we got our, our, our uh, friend in the in the green room, but I got to ask this because immersive technology is a big differentiator between you know what and how you built uh, bodybuilding.com and of course Black Box VR now. Uh, you know, a lot a lot of what distinguishes you from the dance games or you know the Wii Fits of of the world is there's millions of dollars that you poured in to an immersive technology and i'm not talking about the software i'm talking about hardware where you know you you've integrated the fact that you reach out to grab you know a boxing glove for example and it naturally puts you into the machine the hardware that has full gym capability it's the best universal weight set that i've ever experienced in my entire life and as much as you as an entrepreneur as much as the software you know this immersive hardware you know, it's not like a bike with a screen. I mean, it is literally the the movement, the range of movement, the flexibility, the resistance, all the different natural things that you need in that type of training, a complete universal set. I think even without the virtual, you could sell the hardware to people and just give them the exercises. They won't nearly be as motivated or addictive, but it's a great machine. How important is that as a differentiator and as a value add that immersive technology of hardware combined with software built for that hardware? That's a great question. You know, we, uh, yep, that's, yeah, zero. 
David. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, when, we, when we first started, we realized that we definitely wanted resistance training uh, to be a part of it because obviously, you know, we're very big believers in resistance training, not just for people that are trying to bulk up, but for every lifestyle, every goal, and just how important it is uh, and how much people don't uh, understand it. Uh, so we wanted to get that in there, but we've started looking at like, how do you get like dumbbells and barbells into like virtual reality? Like it's very difficult. So we tried to find something that would work, but we ended up creating our own exercise machine. Like, like you mentioned, it's basically, it's a cable machine that uses electronic resistance, basically some servo motors in there that connect directly to the unity game engine, where we're able to control the resistance. We're able to track uh, your entire workout and everything you're doing in your form with 50,000 data points per workout. We have AI that basically tracks everything and progresses you because you know, the idea of progressive overload, like if you just keep using the same weight all the time, you're not going to improve. We automatically handle that for you. And then the game was created to make it so that you get a full body workout, you know, so it gives you the autonomy to choose what exercise you want to do because every exercise is a different type of attack. But we kind of incentivize you like, hey, this guy, bad guy's coming at you, you might want to use squats to make sure that you can't skip leg day. And then you end up doing, you know, a whole bunch of sets of squats and, and uh, you're feeling it the next day. You're amazing, man. It is the number one company of 2022 uh that and i'm talking hundreds that i'm involved with this is my golden goose uh it's amazing he amazing entrepreneur amazing company i can't wait to do more if you have not checked out black box vr please do reach out to me personally if you want to get involved with us uh ryan's already sunk millions and millions of dollars into the deal already creating success at eos and other places uh, but it is my company for 2022. Congratulations, Ryan. Thank you also for, I, I, I know I bribed you for the 3-0 victory I got on Dave so far. It'll be hard for him to catch up. We're, we're using your philosophy on office hours. Thanks. There you go. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks, Ryan. Congrats. See you soon. Thank you. Have a good holiday, brother. All right. This one, man, it just gets better and better, right? We go from my favorite entrepreneur and my favorite company to my favorite topic, the co-founder and CEO of Delivering Happiness, Jen Lim. Welcome to Office Hours. How are you? I'm doing really well. How are you? Amazing. I am always looking for people like you to help me empower over a billion people to be happy. And you have written a book called Beyond Happiness, How Authentic yeah. Leaders Prioritize Purpose uh, for People for Growth and Impact. Uh, you know, for you, how do you define happiness? Because I think a lot of people have a difficulty doing that. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, first of all, thank you for having me on. I have to just give a little bit uh, backstory as to where I am right now because of a series of scheduling changes. Would you can you take a wild guess where I'm streaming from? Your kids uh... in France. <laughs> nice. Your chat. Oh, nice. Wow. Look at that, Dave. First time. I'm in the French so Polynesian. I'm in Bora Bora, and you're in actually France, right at the Eiffel Tower. That's amazing. So nice. Yeah, so I have to let you know, this is probably one of the more unusual spots I had to just perch up, uh, perch up and, uh, and speak to you. So I hope you don't mind. Um, I love it. But yeah, beyond happiness. <laughs> this is one of the definitions of beyond happiness, but um, like for us, like the way we've been to delivery happiness to organizations and governments and hospitals, we always go back to the science of it. So if we go back you know, philosophically to, to the years with Aristotle, uh, Socrates, and then to where we are today, the science shows that happiness comes in different forms. There's pleasure, you know, it's like 
going out to get some drinks with some buddies, um, binging on Netflix, and then there's purpose. And that's the most sustainable form of happiness. So essentially it's doing something that's bigger than yourself. Um, if you're a company, it's doing something bigger than making more money. And then the last piece, which is I think is really important and what I wanted to highlight in the book, is being your true authentic self. So everyone is born with sort of a disposition in their life and being true to that core is really important to that authentic happiness. Can you hear me okay or is it just too many? Yes, we're good. We're good. Awesome. So yeah, that's that's how we define it in those in those three times. Jen, happy holidays and uh, thanks for joining us. Um, you you really mesh two really things. Obviously, one of the things in your book you talk about true happiness um, coming from living your true purpose. And I know that you know with delivering happiness, you guys work on office culture and getting folks uh, in companies to buy in, to be happy, to be more productive. What sort of advice do you have for those that are maybe in a job? but not yet their career. So they're trying to serve a purpose to fulfill, you know, monetary gain right now. They don't necessarily love what they do, but they need to be successful. What's your advice for those folks? And I could think of a number of people like that, you know, in my life and they may often come to me for advice. I'd love to hear uh, you talk about that. Yeah, totally. Um, I mean, I think at the end of the day, most of us we probably say are in that situation where we're probably not living our ideal life or ideal job or running the ideal company. And, and the reality of the situation is that it probably will never get that ideal because why I talk about beyond happiness is because it's the highs and the lows. You know, it's our strengths and our weaknesses and being at peace with that in a greater sense. So in some ways, just having that expectation going in that it will never be perfect is a big part of being actually fundamentally and sustainably happy. So for those that are going through a part of their life that is not ideal, but they have a sense of purpose and want to get there, I would say number one is do the work in getting to know yourself. And that's hard work, actually, getting to the core of who you are. So really defining your values, defining your purpose, and that becomes sort of the foundation as to how you can guide your days and your habits so that even if you don't have the ideal job or ideal role or the ideal boss, being able to know the most important things that you would do anything for, including the people that you love, that is actually what helps us get to that point of truly living our purpose, regardless of the conditions around us. And Jen, give me another shot of the Apple Tower, Tower just uh, for value of, of the show. Look, how cool is. Look at that. Isn't that insane? That, that that's worth all, all all of it in gold. You're making me happy by sharing sharing one of the greatest monuments uh, in my life. Now, you 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 co-founded with, with the ex CEO of Zappos, um, and there's tons of case studies to show how happiness yeah. and delivering happiness impacts the corporate world. I was hoping you could share with us, you know, one of your favorite case studies of you know the power of, of delivering happiness. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, not just so many, but I would say a part of what was most indicative that came out of like 2000, like 2020, like 2020 BC and 2020 now, as we all know, has changed significantly. And people's true character comes out in hard times, and I believe that of companies too. So for those companies that actually realized that they had to prioritize their people, those were the ones that inspired me the most. So for me, Starbucks was a, a big, um, 
shining example of that because you know here is one of the most ubiquitous brands in the world 470-ish thousand employees or they call partners around the world and what they did was like at, at a really you know critical time because it's 50 years after they um after howard started the company as a new leadership team and they started hemorrhaging because of uh, covid closed all their doors and they took a look at themselves though they said what is really our mission what is really our purpose and are we actually living by it and they realized in, in a pretty i guess stark way that they uh, admitted that they could do better so the fact that they were not only trying to triage what was hemorrhaging from a revenue perspective they actually reinvested into programs for people and, and the planet at the same time when things were still not you know totally predictable yet so i think that was pretty cool for for a company at scale that's amazing well, we, we will let you go back to the Eiffel Tower, Delivering Happiness. Check out our new book, Beyond Happiness, uh, which is, uh, you know, for me, my mission in life, how authentic leaders prioritize purpose and people for growth and impact. Uh, happiness to me defined as the enjoyment of the consistent everyday, persistent without quit, pursuit of your own potential. And I so much appreciate you bringing out, drawing out the potential of our great companies and uh, around the world to deliver what's most important, being happy. Then we'll have you back on. You'll be our on-the-spot roving roving guest around <laughs> the world. So when, when you're in your next cool location, we'll book you again and we'll bring up. Thanks for the view. We appreciate you. Thank, Thank you. you. Likewise. Thank you for all you do, too. Thank you, Happy Jen. holidays. We'll talk to you soon. Happy holidays. Delivering happiness from the Eiffel Tower. We give her three points for that, Dave. Uh, we got the two tough acts to follow, but I think Ryan Blair can stand up to the pressure. The great CEO of Alter Call, altercall.com. What is he calling and, for the permits? <laughs> yes. Okay. Hey, hey, at least you, you look like Drew Brees, so you got that going for you. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's a compliment. <laughs> it is. He's one of my favorite people. Uh Anyway, you have created a world-class community uh, to activate and accelerate the paths for path of financial prosperity, global impact, and oddly enough, a spiritual evolution. How do you reconcile uh, these three things with the mind, body, and soul, but also the role? Yeah. And uh, I was, you know, I'm a recon. I'm writing my newest book. I'm writing is called Reconciliation. So I had to have you on because so few people can take the currency of money and reconcile with the currency of faith or spirituality. So I was hoping you could start out by telling us how you reconcile those things. Well, in my, in my opinion or my studies, you know, our souls came here to learn something and earth is kind of like a, a you know, it's a laboratory and we're here to learn something about ourselves, about our soul, about our walk. Um, and as a result of those learnings, you know, we, 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 we take in that information and we enhance our soul and we develop our soul throughout our journey here. And we're in a meritocracy. So we chose to come at this point in time to this meritocracy so that way we could learn something. And so we have to learn about how the system around us works and we have to be able to work with the system and with the tools and within the rules of the game and even break some of the rules of the game to be able to you know, fully enhance and develop our souls and understand what our capacity is and understand what our ability is to contribute and what the true purpose of our soul's journey is. So from a spiritual uh, perspective, and I know, David, you talk a lot about purpose. 
in my experience, once I found my connection spiritually, my purpose unfolded. And all I had to do was maintain that connection to ensure that I didn't, you know, far go too far uh, from my, you know, my purpose and my mission. We lost Dave. Okay. <laughs> and, you know, it, it, this technology is crazy, yeah. um, but that, that's okay. Um, so, you know, it's interesting because I spent a lot of my time in, in the same respect. I, I, from Sanskrit on, right? We're given a body and we're here to learn lessons. Uh, pain, mistakes, failures, uh, all of these things to me are indicators that we have those lessons to learn in this laboratory, as you suggest. Um, how important, though, in the realm as, as you mold, meld in, uh, you know, almost apologetically, you know, hey, this is what I believe in, because, you know, I go through that a lot because I'm in big corporate boardrooms and, you know, to talk about my cornerstone when they asked me, you know, you know, wh where's all, all of this based off of? I said, well, in order to believe what I believe, you have to believe there's something bigger than you that loves you more than you love your own children. And if you can uh, tell me you subscribe to that, which believe it or not, the majority of people on earth subscribe to inherently quantumly, they know there's something bigger than them that protects and promotes them. Uh, for you, how do you articulate, you know, your faith in, you know, this way of, you know, hey, you know, we're here to learn lessons in the laboratory. We're a soul. We're infinite beings living in limitlessness, which I think I agree 100 percent, by the way. I give both Ryan's today get my stamp of approval because I believe so wholeheartedly in what you teach. But look, we work in the in the pragmatic world. How do you articulate, you know, that which is difficult because you're afraid that people think you're nuts? Well, I'm, I probably am nuts in comparison <laughs> to the other 99% of the population out there. And, and you know, and I'll, I'll tell you that there is an awakening occurring that once upon a time, meditation was considered outlandish. You know, 10 years ago in corporate America, if you said, I have to go meditate, they'd say, get out of here. Now, you know, corporate America is bringing mindfulness practices into the office. Uh, they're starting to recognize and include the diversity of different religious and spiritual beliefs that, the, you know, that they're their population has within their office. So I think that really speaking to people's hearts and speaking to, you know, the journey of their soul is, is going to be a rising trend that we're going to see. So we're early on in it. And one of the questions I had for you, Dave, David, was that, you know, you clearly, the, the words that come out of your mouth and the work that you do clearly has spiritual foundation to it. Like no doubt about it. Everything that I hear you say, uh, I can trace back to, you know, ancient traditions of some sort. So I was like, where, where, what are the roots of that? Because the wisdom that you, you speak yeah. is definitely of outside of the ego and comes from another place. Yeah. And it's so important because I want to share with you when you talked about meditation, it was 16 years ago uh, that I met Dr. Sangeeta Sahu who tried to convince me to meditate. And my initial reaction was, I don't have time to meditate. I have I am multimillionaire with access to everything. I'm running the most notable sports agency in the world. Why the hell would I meditate uh, to, you know, being trained in quantum healing meditation, uh, you know, mind, body, soul transmission, a variety of, of things, uh, modalities and methodologies historically that are much uh, older than, than our society. Uh, but I live every day meditating 20 minutes and I try to encourage everyone to try it out and learn the practice of being quiet. That stems from several texts. So one, Sanskrit, you know, the 12 lessons of life. I remind myself every single day. 
Uh, and these 12 lessons I send out to people all the time. You're given a body. You're here to learn lessons. The lessons will keep on coming until you learn them. You know, others are mirrors of yourself. All, all of it is based off of these 12 lessons. But then I also have studied uh, the Course in Miracle, Old Testament, New Testament, the Quran. I've studied all religious texts to see how the commonalities exist from the Sanskrit, the lessons of life, right? These 12 basic lessons and how they describe them differently in the context of their own religion beliefs and different sects of the conservative, reform, orthodox, you know, I'm really interested in human nature by studying that history. And then the one thing that I think you and I have in common is I can reconcile it with this currency of money, uh, of financial prosperity. And that comes from Wayne Dyer, The Power of Intention, uh, Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill, more recent authors, you know, uh, from Surrender Experience to Atomic Habits to Teach Me Coherence, the ability to remember, remind, and recollect and actually act upon it. John Asseroff, you know, inner size with the law of Goya getting off my ass. So I'm dealing with re reconciling the speed of thought, the speed of spirituality with the speed of light, which is man-made constructive time, all based of of Sanskrit before they even started writing things. And then the really, you know, Course in Miracles, studying that every single day uh, to remind myself of humility. Amazing. What, you know, your, your library is quite extensive. What you just cited off in, you know, five minutes, I imagine there's, there's a ton more that have informed your, your belief and your wisdom and so forth. And so, you know, I, I'm glad I got that question answered because I too have done a lot of deep research in a number of different arts and have extracted the best practices and the way I explain it to people just simply is I tell people there are forces at work that you cannot see. Some call it quantum, some call it angels, some call it heaven. Let's just agree that there are forces at work that you can't see. None of us understand how they work completely. And so let's just try to operate with those forces and have the wind at our back as opposed to against those forces and have steep headwinds our entire lives. I love that, man. I'm, I'm going to go back and watch that. I know we're recording this. Everybody rewind. Uh, because I love people who can articulate the value to exceed uh, what they're asking for and to uh, explain what I've been explaining for years. I love Deepak, Sadhguru, yourself, not to, to elevate you too high, but you are in that realm of understanding uh, with some of the greats that I'm blessed to be around. Jack Canfield, Bob Proctor, uh, Mary Morrissey, Sharon Lecter, uh, all of these people who have influenced my life, Wayne Dyer, as I suggested, all articulate what you just said in a varying degree and varying uh, manners. And I love that. I'm going to, you know, go back and I will pre apologize to you. If you hear me say similars of sorts and I forget to Yours. credit the great Ryan Blair, uh, you know, that it comes from a good place of trying to help other people understand these unknown sources, uh, the greater power, the omniscient, all powerful, all knowing that exists amongst us. Uh, David, you're back. We had too yeah. much energy, too much frequency. You got dropped. What, what what question do you have for our friend? Yeah, so many questions for Ryan. And thank you so much for joining us and happy holidays. Um, obviously, the altar crawl curriculum is is one that's, you know, deep and, and teaches a number of different values and principles. And I love uh, curriculums that break things down to value and principles, because when you look at your values and principles, if you live your life by them with intention every day, you will succeed, which is one of the reasons why your curriculum applies to success in, in different fields um, that are unrelated to one another. So if you can just parse down, in your opinion, 
say the three most consistent values and or principles that can be applied to succeed in any professional field, but then also that have uh, translations into personal life, family success, and, and spirituality. If there are three uh, core principles there, that'd be great. Yeah, I'll give you, I'll give you my, I have a bunch of them. I have a, a free course with 50 principles in them that are my top, and I have about 200 or so principles. And the way I describe a principle is it's really like a, a piece of code in your operating system. Once you adopt it, the operation just becomes much more smooth and much more efficient. So I'm always looking to adopt new principles, but I have to pay tribute to a, a mentor of mine and David's, uh, John Wooden, who taught me a principle uh, that it's not uh, who's right, it's what's right. And so I remind myself, especially over this holiday, it's not who's right, it's what's right. And when I'm doing team meetings, I'm you know, building my movement. I have a, you know, a large movement with hundreds of people, a part of it now. And you know, I'm always reminding myself of that particular core principle that I got from John Wooden. Another principle that I got from the great uh, Dan Gilbert, the founder of Quicken Loans and the owner of the Cavaliers and a variety of others, is money doesn't lead, it follows. And so anytime... I find myself focusing on money. I realize that money doesn't lead. It follows. It follows my desire to serve. It follows my ability to love my customers. It follows my ability to love my team and you know, to develop and grow my team. And so those would be two key principles in the context of business. And uh, the last one that I'll share with you is one that I wrote personally, and it's labels are for shampoo. So anytime <laughs> somebody, yeah, it's one of my favorites. Anytime somebody labels themselves, because we do this, so often, before I meditated, David, I was much like you, and that I resisted it, and I would tell you I'm ADD, and that my brain is incapable of meditation, until I finally you know, went through a dark night of the soul, I decided I'd try anything, and I picked up the, the, the science of meditation, and I you know, have since become a, a, you know, a, a practitioner of it, extensive practitioner of it. Um, so labels are for shampoo. Anytime somebody labels themselves, or labels others, or I find myself labeling myself or another, it reminds me labels are for shampoo and I want to keep them there. And that helps me restrict judgment and it helps me uh, help others restrict their judgment of others as well. You know, it's uh, th three great things I need to comment on. Uh, one, John Wooden is so powerful that uh, when I was blessed to be a part of uh, Andrew Luck's journey to get into the NFL with Warren Moon, my business partner. And we got to do a senior day at Stanford. Uh, obviously, John Wooden is the greatest coach at UCLA in history, maybe in the NCAA. Uh, in Stanford's cafeteria, as we were sitting there with Andrew Luck, was the pyramid of success. Uh, so to transcend the competitive nature of the Pac-12 today, which was the Pac-8 at the time, probably when they posted that thing, you know, think about the power of the pyramid of success and the, the what, not who philosophy. Then secondly, um, you know, looking at your uh, it, the second principle real quick uh, example. Well, money doesn't lead. Uh, yeah, so Dan Gilbert. Oh. Yeah, I, I, I want to shout out not just because Dan Gilbert's the owner of the Cavs, which Obviously, I was born in Akron, Ohio, and do a lot with the Cavs still. But he revitalized in 2008. Yeah. Uh, he saved Detroit. The average car was worth more than the average house. And Dan Gilbert put all of his resources into revitalization, urban development, uh, and he saved New, uh, Detroit. And he let the money follow him. And he's benefiting greatly now, and yeah. he deserves, deserves it as well. And then finally, I love uh, the judgments and conditions of labels. Uh, 
you know, I always say there's a conditions do belong. Those labels on conditioner. So you, I have a shampoo and conditioner <laughs> analogous there. So uh, judgments and conditions, obviously related to forgiveness, as you and I have studied. Uh, man, alter call. Check out Ryan Blair. Ryan, I'm once again most likely going to have to rewatch this segment with both Ryan's. Uh, and Jen from the Eiffel Tower. We are setting the pre-holiday office hours to a very, very high limit. Um, people can reach out to you at ryanblair.com, altercaredcall.com. Join in his masterminds, retreats, experiences. This is a guy that knows what he's talking about. I apologize to him already because I'm going to probably reteach and rearticulate and half the time forget to give you credit. The oh, great please. Ryan Blair, thanks for joining us. Thank you, David. Thank you very much, gentlemen. I appreciate it. Happy holidays. Happy Thanks holidays. Come back and visit me, brother. Thank I would you. Love to. You're amazing. Thank you. Thank you. D, how about hey. our three guests today, man? Those are big. Yeah, those were really, really great guests. Uh, I've learned a lot today, and that's exactly what my takeaway is today. It's it's ABL. Take me back to acronyms and trial days. When I was, uh, you know, trying cases, my acronym was always, always be closing, right? I'm always pointing folks where I want them to go so that on summation, I can hammer it home and, you know, be victorious. Uh, today's lesson is just always be learning. Uh, you know, there were so many gems. I mean, those three principles just now, I, I wrote down a bunch of notes on my pad here. Um, you know, obviously, every time we speak, we're just catching up. Uh, you know, I'm learning something from you as well. And um you you never know where a lesson is going to come so just make sure you're open to receive it you got it my brother and uh i know you got that new house with that new internet so we got to uh, up, upgrade it at the new house and find a new location it's beautiful uh you know it's it's interesting because such extraordinary guests i'm just feeling so blessed you know my my, my takeaway uh for the day is how blessed i am uh, to have a friend like you, to have people like Ryan's and Jen in my in my life that take their time to to help other people be happy, to make money, to help people themselves, and you know what what great lessons like you said are are learned. But you know just the perspective, you know, to sit here in a dream spot, a bucket list vacation uh, with my family, and to still be able to share this office hours with you. Um, and your family and to see the growth and, and happiness that you're, you know, experiencing and to think that hopefully I've had a small role in to empowering you uh, to empower others as a great leader. And you definitely money's following you, my man. So keep doing the right things. Uh, keep doing the what's the who's the how's and the now's keep applying your why. Uh, but my takeaway for the day is how blessed I am, how grateful. That's why I created the 14 day gratitude challenge so people can cohere to gratitude remember to be grateful and actually be grateful those are the two key components to the reconciliation of the speed of thought and the speed of light to the speed of happiness and dave marino i'm blessed to have you on uh, this show with me i'll see you tomorrow i love you i love you brother thank you that's right we're blessed the great dave marino i want to thank uh once again ryan deluca CEO, co-founder of Black Box VR, my number one company for 2022. Jen Lim, co-founder and CEO of Delivering Happiness from Paris, the Eiffel Tower, never been done before here on Office Hours. And the incredible Ryan Blair, a soulmate of mine, uh, which uh, 
the lessons are go back and watch. That's all I got to say. And I apologize because I will be teaching his teachings and hopefully giving him credit wherever I can. Most importantly, I want to thank my entire team during the holidays. Matt, thank you so much. It's been, uh, we, I've been doing this since 2 a.m. here in Bora Bora. And uh, we still got a Friday meeting and an interview with Damon John. And then we'll have uh, activity I don't get paid for. So uh, just blessings to everyone. Uh, reach out to me, David at dmelser.com, if you want the 14-day gratitude challenge. It'll change your life. I promise you, as both Ryan's and Jen have informed, uh, be grateful. But most importantly, be kind to your future self and do good deeds. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a happy holidays.